The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Today's daf is being dedicated in memory of Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihinu Begin Eden Amen. Today's daf is being studied in Nunishmat and Miruham Ezra ben Mazal Shaniftar. Bekisur Yamin Vishanim. Ruach Hashem Tanihinu Begin Eden Vitinishmato. Amen. We begin today's daf on Chavdal and Amud Rishon, and we start right on the top line. Ba'aminir Yohanan Mishemuel. Yohanan asked the question from Shemuel. Now, it just be pointed out, Rabbi Yohanan lived in Eretz Israel. Uh, Shemuel lived in Babel. So you have to say that the letter was it was a letter that was sent from Rabbi Yohanan to Shemuel. That's the way. Uh, they corresponded to each other. So we go back to that question that we discussed on the previous Amdaf. Is there Avilut on Shabbat or is there not Avilut on Shabbat? The question is, everybody agrees there's no Avilut b'farhesiyah, which means public display of Avilut, everybody agrees there is not on Shabbat. The question is, is there Avilut b'tsana'ah, things that are done in private? Amar in Avelut B'Shabbat. So he told them the laws of Avelut do not apply on Shabbat, which is even the Varim Shabbat are not Noheg. So the rabbis were sitting in front of Rabbi Papa and they said this halakha in front of uh, Rabbi Papa in the name of Shemuel, that in Avelut B'Shabbat. And he said like this, Avel sheshimesh mitato b'me'oblo, uh, he said like this, an Avel that has tashmisha mitah, during the seven days of Avelut, hayav mitah, he's hayav mitah, meaning mitah b'ideh shamayim, amal lehu rapapa, so rapapa, when he heard such a statement, he says, asur itmar, first of all, he made two mistakes, first of all, he didn't, it's not hayav mitah, it's just asur, and number two, And the statement you got wrong. It's not in Shemuel's name. The statement is to be made in the Yohanan's name. And if you heard something in the name of Shemuel, this is what you heard. Which means an avel that did not let his hair grow. During the time of the Avelut, Piram, or he did not rip his garments, Hayav That's what Shemuel said. Hayav Remember when Nadav Avihu died, so the remaining brothers in Azar Vitamad Olam told them that they cannot let their hair grow. And they cannot rip their clothes. And if they do, they will die. So we can imply from over here, which means they were the exception. They had to let their uh, cut their hair and they had to not rip their clothes. And they would be if they did. Implying that everybody else has a normal bow of Avelut is going to be that is, if they do not rip their clothes or uh, cut their cut their hair. Comes the Gemara continues. Amar Afram Bar Papa Tana Beavel Rabbati. Avel Rabbati is like a small masechet. We call that the masechet Semachot, which talks about the laws of Avelut. 
even though the beginning of this Masechet uh, begins with the words Hagoses, Harehu Kehaylechol Devarav, but they do not call it Masechet Goses, even though normally we call the Masechet by the first word of the Masechet, but that would not be a nice name to call the Masechet. Goses means somebody is on his deathbed. So therefore, they nicknamed the Masechet, Masechet Semachot, which is really Saginahor. It doesn't talk about the laws of Semachot, it talks about the laws of Avilut, but they say it in a positive way. That an Avel is asur to have relations during the time of Avilu. There was a story of a person that had to switch during the time of Avilu. And the pigs came and they bit his ever uh, of Zachrut, which means over there, they bit it. And uh, that was obviously Midah Kenegid Midah from having Tashmish during the times of the Tashmish, the time of the Avelut, I should say. Okay? And the Rashi says on top, Giviyato, Kol Gufo. Some say Giviyato is his whole body. Just ate him up. Vika the Amri Ever Shelo. The Mepharshim explain over here, the Maharal that is, that um, there is not an animal that goes after Ta'ava more than the Hazir. That's the most lustful of the animals. He was lustful, he couldn't control himself during the times of the Avelut. So Boreham sent him the most lustful of the animals to go after him. Comes the, Gemaran continues, Amar Shemuel. Shemuel now comes along and says, regarding the laws of Shabbat, which means what is Noheg on Shabbat and what is not Noheg on Shabbat. So the uh, Shemuel makes the following statement. Pehaz Choba Netar Reshut These are obviously Rashi Tevot for different items So again, Pehaz, these items are Choba Which he must fulfill these items on Shabbat And Netar or Netar Reshut Which means he has an option if he wants to or if he doesn't want to So let's go one at a time Gemara begins Piriat Harosh That's the Peh which means we learned that the Avel used to cover his head at Atifat Arosh. They would cover their head with like a cloth or a, a, a kerchief or something like that. And we said they would do it Atifat Yishma'alim as a matter of fact. They would wrap themselves in a certain way like the Arabs would wrap themselves in their uh, garments. So therefore the deen is over Piriat Arosh. Uh, on, on Shabbat, uh, he has to take the cover off his head. Okay? Uh, the reason uh, why that is uh, obvious because he's not allowed to do something uh, in public to show a public display of Avelut. So therefore he has to take it off. Look at Ashi, Piriata Rosh, Shemigale, second line, Ha'avel Rosho Beshabbat, Ve'eno Mitatef. He does not cover himself. The next one is Hazarat Kera La'achorav, which means when the person made the kiri'ah, the kiri'ah, the rip has to be in front, exposed, so everybody could see it. Right. On Shabbat, he has to turn his shirt around so it is not exposed. Look at that, she on the second line. That's what exactly what it means. They just turn the shirt around. And the third thing would be zikifat hamita. Which means, zikifat hamita, we learned one of the things they did during Avelut was zikifat hamita. She would turn the beds upside down. Right. So on Shabbat, you cannot have a public display of Avelut. So they would have to turn the beds right side up. That would be called zikifat so let's review. What is Pehaz? Pehaz is Piri'at Harosh. 
Chet is Hazarat Kera. You turn the Kiri'ah around, so it's to the back, so it's not in front. And Zayin is Zekifat Hamita. All because why? Not to fulfill Avelut Befarishya. Right, that's a Chobah. Mandatory to do those things. Now, we go to the Nitar. Ni'ilat a sandal, that's leather shoes. Tashmish a mitah, relations. Rehisat yadayim veraglayim behamin arbit. And washing one's hands or feet with hot water in arbit, meaning at night. These items are reshut. Which means if he wants to refrain, he can. If not, not. Now, let's go through each one. Ni'ilat sandal, wearing leather shoes, that's considered the varim shebisana'ah. Because there are people that wear shoes and there are people that don't wear shoes in the olden days. And therefore, if a person is not going to wear leather shoes, is not going to stand out that he's necessarily ba'avilut. Tashmish shamita obviously is devarim shibitzna'ah. And tashmish shamita, rechitzat yadayim v'ragram b'chamin. Washing one's hands and uh, feet with hamin. Now the halakha says that on Shabbat you're allowed to wash your hands and feet with water that was heated already from before Shabbat. So the Hadush Tukumah, if he wants to wash his hands and do that, then that's uh, also okay, which means the shoot. If he wants to abstain, he can abstain. If he doesn't want to abstain, he doesn't have to abstain. abstain. Okay? Because all these items, of, even though normally these items for an avail is mandatory. He's not allowed to have tashmish. He's not allowed to wear leather shoes. He's not allowed to uh, bathe himself. Over here, he's not hayav to uh, eliminate these things for Shabbat. The Hidush is that even if he would eliminate himself from these things, it's not a public display of Avilut. Okay? Because nobody really... It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not evident. So therefore he says, again we read Nitar, Ni'anata Sandal, Tashmish Shamita, Jarechat Yadayim V'Raglayim, Bechamin Arbit, that's on Shabbat itself, Rishut. Okay, let's see, Ali Rashi's, Rashi's third line, Ni'anata Sandal, Telav Kula'ama Saimi Misaneh B'Shabbat. Not everybody wears shoes or their shoes on Shabbat. Velo mukhah de abelu. If he's going to wear non leather shoes, it's not going to be evident that he's abel, and therefore it is okay. Comes Gibran says, Verav amar, Rav kalos af piliata rosh reshut. Which he says, Rav, that the abel can remain with his cover, covering his head. So you have to say, according to Rav, it seems it was normal for people that were non abel to have their head. Covered. Otherwise, Akhil Rav come along and say that Piriyata Rosh is a shoot. We don't want to have a public display of Avilut over here. So you have to say that the yeah, holds that this was uh, this was done by people. So Kavzikibarad says, Ushmoel, my Shenan Yalata Sandal did shoot. Why does he allow him not to wear leather shoes? Because not everybody wears shoes, and therefore it's not going to be a public display. Piriyata Rosh, Namelavidu. So the same thing. Not everybody uncovers their hair. There are some people that have this covering on. So therefore, Shemuel, for the same reason you allowed him not to wear shoes, because you say, eh, people are not going to understand that that's Avilut. People will think that just he's one of those people that don't wear shoes. So the same thing with the covering of the hair. Let him, let, let, let him cover his hair. People will just think he's one of those guys that cover his hair with, 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 with this uh, covering. Why did you say that it's a hova? That what? That uh, he has to uh, make piriyat, harosh. Let him, uh, let him wear the, uh, the covering. There's people that wear coverings. So Gabbara says, Shemuel the Tameh. Shemuel goes according to his reasoning. Damash Shemuel. 
so we have two things here. Kol kera she'eno b'sha'at himum. Any kiri'ah that a person makes, not at the time when he's hot, when the tsa'ar is the hardest on him, eno kera. That's not considered a tearing. Nafkamina, which means like this. The main kiri'ah the person has to rip is what? On the time that he hears about the loss. That's the real kiri'ah. Nafkamina, on the next day, if he makes a kiri'ah, that's not a kiri'ah. And this will be batashrit. And therefore, he's trying to tell you that if the main kiriyah is dafka b'sha'at himum, dafka at the time where he's heated up. Now, granted, if he didn't make the kiriyah t'sha'at that he heard about, of course, he has to make a kiriyah afterwards. But we're talking about a case. Let's say he made it at the time where he heard about the deceased. Now, it's time the next day, or the day after, wants to make another kiriyah. No, that's not a kiriyah. That's already about the street. You're wasting the uh, you're wasting the garment. Okay, that's the first thing he said. As she says, Bish'at Qimum, Bish'at Hathalat Tasa'ar, meaning Bish'at Mita. Okay, so that's the, the first halakha. Again, I'm explaining to you again. We're talking about a guy that made Kiri'ah at the time that he heard about the deceased. Now it's the next day. He wants to make Kiri'ah again on another garment. So he's telling you, don't do that. And that's not considered a Kiri'ah anymore. And therefore you're about to shake, you're destroying a garment that's perfectly uh, perfectly good. You didn't gain anything. Kol kera she'eno b'sha'at himum eno kera. Doesn't tie in. We didn't get to the point yet. Comes to Gibran and says, Ve'kol atifa she'ena ka'atifat yishma'ilim ena atifa. That's where it ties in. Any atifa, he says, that's not like atifat yishma'ilim is not considered an atifa. And therefore... The only way you can make atifa for the avil is what? Like the Arabs. Right? You have to swing it around and cover his whole face. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if he's going to do that, it's going to be evident that he's avil. Whereas Rav holds, you don't have to do atifa yishma'alim. You can just cover your head and cover your face in a normal way. So yeah, there are normal people that do that also. They're not avil. So therefore, Rav said, that could be... They shoot, voluntary, on Shabbat. However, Shemuel says, no. Since the only way I hold that you can cover your head... And faces like Antifa Ishmaelim. If a guy's going to do that on Shabbat, it's going to be evident that what? That he's avail. And therefore he says that's Chovah. He's not allowed to cover his face. That's the difference between Rav and Shemuel. Kazi Gibran says, Mahve Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman showed uh, on himself where the Antifa Ishmaelim, how is it done? Ad Gubed Dikna. Until like the, uh, the cheeks. Which means the covering covered all the way down to his face, went all the way down to his cheeks. So you see that what it was a unusual covering. That really means like where the zakan is, where the uh, where the beard is. The kna is the beard by the the beard. Pidrashi kol atifat she'ena katifat yishmalim hilkach kevan dechol yemes shavuashu avel metantef kishmael im eno notla b'shabat nerekenu ek avelut. It's going to be evident for us to take it off on Shabbat that he's doing Avilut. Why? Nobody wears the uh, Atifa like that. Ela Avilim Bilvad. Only the Avilim, therefore, that's why he says it's Choba to make Atifa Tosh. Amar Biyakov, the Gemara continues. Amar Biyakov, Loshanu Ela She'enu Min Alayim Beraglav. Which means that which we said. That Shemuel mandates Priyatarosh. That's only talking about Los Shanuela Sheinu Min Alayim Beraglav, where he's not wearing shoes. Because now that he's not wearing shoes, 
So now already he doesn't have shoes on. He has this atifa over here. Now it's evident that he's doing avilud. But if he's wearing shoes, so then already people see him wearing shoes. Okay, he's not avilud. So why is he covering himself like Ishmael? Ishmael, that's what he's doing. That's the stylist or whatever it is. But the point is the shoes will allow him to make the atifa if he would like. That's she. Which we say he has to uncover his uh, nose, his mustache, his beard, the, the whole face that was covered, he has to uncover it. That's talking about where he doesn't have shoes on. That should be noted that she just points out if he wants to do this in private, there is no problem. In Mitzvah he has no uh, no issue. The issue obviously was what is going to be in public, where it's going to be a uh, display. Comes the Gemara and continues. Right? Shemuel made a statement. Any type of kiriyat that's not at the time when the tsar is the strongest, which means when he heard about it, that's not considered a kera, and therefore it's asuf him to do it, because it's considered baltashchid. So the Gemara tells the question, They told Shemuel, They gave him the news that Rav passed away. He ripped 12 garments in Sa'ar. Now the assumption is that he didn't rip all 12 in one day. That on consecutive days, every day he ripped another garment. Ah, what do you mean? I thought after the Shemi'ah, it's not considered a Kera, and if it's considered Bal Tashrid. Furthermore, what did he say? Amar, Azal Gavra Dava Mistafina Mine. When the Rav passed away, Shemuel said, A person that I was scared of has passed on. What does it mean that he was scared of? So the Mefarshim explained that uh, Rav would ask questions to Shemuel. And the questions were good questions, strong questions. He's I was scared of his questions. Uh, other Mephashim explained that he had uh, much fear, yirata kavod, meaning fear of you know, reverence uh, to the rabbi, and therefore he says, I couldn't even speak in front of him because of the uh, wisdom uh, and, uh, and tradition that he had from uh, his rabbis. He learned from the and the Bihaya. So therefore I was awed in front of his presence. In any event... Now he was saying, now that I don't have a rabbi that I'm a, uh, have the fear like this rabbi, I'm worried that I'll make a mistake in the halakha. It seems that when he had Rav around, he was very careful in, when he said halakha, because he knew Rav was very very strong. I Meaning he, he wouldn't make a mistake in front of Rav. But now he says, I lost the great rabbi that I was uh, had fear of. Then they told him, Then they told him, he ripped over him 13 garments made out of meshi, that's a fine silk. Amar, he said the same thing. The person that I was uh, scared of has uh, deceased, been gone. Also, what do you see over here? But the same question. Ah, you told me what? That after, you told me that any kera that's after the shahat haimum is not a kera. How did they rip all these garments? Again, the assumption that they say is they ripped it after. Not on the same day. They ripped it on, you know, the days after. They heard about it. But it says, Shani Rabbanan. When it comes to ripping for the rabbis, it's different. Because every moment they remember the halachot, that they, will, they learned from them. And what? 
that reminds them of the Havsar, that what that they're not living, Kishat Haimum Dameh. It's considered Shaat Haimum. Which means every time Shemuel remembered Halakha that I've said, he ripped again. That's considered Shaat Haimum. Because the remembrance of the Halakha that the rabbi taught, that already causes great grief. Kavz Gemarat says a question. Amal Ravin Baradal Ravin, Amal Talmidach Rav Amram. The student of Amram said, Tanya Borebraita. Avel Kol Shiva, the Avel, all the seven days, which means the rip that he has in his garment has to be in front, visible that everybody sees. And let's say he wants to change his garment. For example, let's say the weather changes. He says, hot to cold or cold to hot, therefore he needs to change the garment. So the deen is. Mahlif the Koraya. He has to put a new garment and he has to make a another Kiriah. Ah, there's the question right there. Even though it's not Shahat, Haimum. We continue. The Shabbat Korolaf. Now on Shabbat we learned that the garment that he's wearing, he turns it around so the Kiriah is behind him, so it's not visible. Now on Shabbat if he wants to change his garment, Mahlif in Koraya. Obviously he changes the garment without making Kiriah. Oh, so the question is, but when he changes his garment, he has to make another Kiriah during the week. Ah, you said Shemuel that it's not during Shat Haimum, and therefore it's considered Bata Shahid. Kabbalah says, Kitanyahi, Bechbod Abi Vimo. This is Dafka talking about Abi Vimo, and it's really not a deen that you have to make Kiriah on the second garment. Ela, it's a deen that what? Midin Kavod. And therefore it's not a stira, it's not a contradiction. Other relatives, if he wants to change the garment because of uh, hot or cold, he changes the garment and does not have to make kiri'ah. And he does not make kiri'ah on the other garments. That's according to what the Gemara is saying. But I now is going to discuss that if let's say the person... Uh, is like we learned. So we said that if he wants to change his garment out of kabod he has to make a kiriyah on the second garment. The question is, we learned early in the Gemara that on the kiriyah of a mother and a father on the original garment, one is not allowed to repair that tear. One must leave it uh, unsewn uh, in the normal way forever. So now the Gemara wants to say, Otan which is regarding the rip that the one made on the second garment. Is the same law apply? Which means, is it permissible to sew it up or not? Okay, which we know the Ikar one, the main one, it's Azur, Le'olam, to, uh, to fix it. The question is now, the additional ones, that he made Le'chavod, does it have the same law? Mother and father only. The Gemara says, "Otan kiraim mitachinu in mitachin." Pedigiba Abu Rav Oshaya ubar kapara. So we have a machlokah from the father of Rav Oshaya and bar kapara. Had Amar in mitachin. One said they do not repair them, which is just like the original garment. The Had Amar mitachin, and one says you do repair it. That we don't know who said what. So the Gemara says, "Tistayim the Abu Rav Oshaya damar in mitachin." We can conclude that it's the father of Oshaya that said, you do not repair it. Why? The Amar of Oshaya, because we know what his son said. Because of Oshaya said, in mitahin. Now, Miman love me Abu, where did Oshaya hear it from? He must heard it from his father. And therefore, if Oshaya said, in mitahin, must be that his father said, in mitahin, that's where he heard it from. The says, no, no proof. Mibar kapara rabbe 
the, the rabbi of Rav Moshe was Bar Kapara. Mm-hmm. And therefore could be heard from Bar Kapara that said Ibn So if you have no proof that Rav Moshe's father was the one that said in Mitachin, Amar Rabbah. Rabbah says there's a law regarding the law of Shabbat. It's the way that Shikh Tabiyat says. Avel mitayel be'unkali betoch beto. Which means in his house, he's able to walk around on Shabbat with a beged karua. With a beged that is ripped. Again, because that is still davar shabbat. She says, unkali haluk shekoro. Which means a garment that is rented. Betoch beto shabbat this would be Mutar. Abaye Ashkehad Rabbi Yosef. Abaye found Rabbi Yosef in his house on Shabbat when he was Avil. The friesless Sudraha Areshe. He had a Sudar on his head like the Avilim. He was walking around his house like that. So Abiyah says, Lav Saban Lamor in Avelut Bishabbat. Don't you hold in Avelut Bishabbat? Why are you covering uh, your head with this? Amar Leh, Achyabar Bihanad, Devarim, Noheg. Things that are Bissana are Noheg, which really means Hayab. She means you have to. Noheg means over here, you have to do it. Therefore, since Devarim Shabbisana held, therefore he uh, did it. So according to this, comes out that Bihanad is arguing on. Davin Shmuel, because they said the varim should be sinaz reshut. When they said if you want to do it, you don't want to do it, he said no. The varim should be sinaz no egg. You have to do it. Therefore, since he's in the house, nobody's watching, nobody's looking. He put on the covering. So that's a machlokut between Rabbi Yochanan and Shmuel. How do you look at the things of the varim? We go back to the ruling of our Mishnah. Let's review the rules of the Mishnah. We said that Shavuot, uh, since the Metagdash was destroyed, it would be that Shavuot is considered like Shabbat, meaning it does not break the Avelut. Now, in the time of the Metagdash, he wanted to say what? That was difficult. Shavuot had a uh, seven-day tashlumin for the korban, and then it was like a regular regel, and then we know regalim are mafsik the avelut. Now, certainly, according to the Bidi he did not count Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur as a regel. So again, according to the Bidi let's review, Shavuot is not a regel, Rosh Hashanah is not a regel, and Yom Kippur is not a regel. The Bank Gabriel said, not only is Shavuot a regel, but we can even consider Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. So the Ban is the most lenient. Which means he considers everything like a regal. Hakami made a compromise. They said, look at the Vrezeh, look at the Vrezeh. Which means, he said, Atzeret is like a regal, but Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is not like a regal. Okay, so basically you have three shitot. The three shitot are, again, the Bidi'ezer is extreme. He says, even Shavuot is not like a regal. And Koshekel Rosh Hashanah Kippur, you have the extreme the other way, Rabban Gamliel, that even Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is considered like a regel, and you have Hachemim, they're in the middle. They come along and say, Shavuot is a regel, it's Mafsik, the Avelut, and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, not. So that's the summary of the Mishnah. Amar Rav Gida Bar Menashe, Amar Shuel Halacha, Kerabban Gamliel. What? In all those days, Shavuot. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, all are considered like a regal to Mavsik Avilut. Some have Rav Gidab Bar-Nashah's halakha regarding a different mahluk in the following. Kol Shloshim Yom 
Tinok Yotse Bahek. But if a baby dies within 30 days of its birth, and the 30 days included from the time that it was born, Yotse. Tinok Yotse Bahek. They do not have to put the uh, baby in a coffin or an aron, in order to bury it, they just carry it uh, in the chest. bosom, in the chest, and they bring it into the uh, burial. Which means they do not need the kavod uh, in such a way, it's enough to put it behind. V'nikbar, and how is it buried? Be'isha ahat ushne anashim. Which means one lady and two men. Which is another way of saying you don't need a minyan. You don't have to have a minyan at the cemetery burying. You even have two men and one lady that are involved in the burial. This is uh, permissible as well. Just let me have uh, three people. And even if one of them is a lady. Aval lo But not the opposite. Not with one man and two ladies. Why? Because you have a problem of Yehud. We know a man is not allowed to be secluded with two ladies. Especially in a secluded area like a cemetery, which usually is in a secluded area. So therefore, the Gebarah is saying that we said specifically two men and one lady. But not one lady and uh, two... Not two ladies and one man. That's the problem of... Yehud. Abba Shaul Omer, Abba Shaul says, He says, even two ladies and one man. Why? What's the logic of Abba Shaul? So he wants to say, that just fought on top, Nobody's mind is on Gilui Arayot at the time of Avelut. They're burying somebody at it. So therefore he says, they're not going to have the laws of Yehud apply at such a moment. The En Omdim Alab Bishura, Normally, when they would come back from the Betekevot, they would stand in rows, and the people, the, the consolers, and the mourners would walk through them, and they would give them consolation. You do not have to do this process for a Tinok. There was a special beracha that they used to make at the time of the Sauda, the first meal that they used to give to the Avil. Called Saudat Havra'a, that was given to them by their friend. They would make a special beracha called Berkat Avirim. Now she says uh, differently. Now she says beracha she'omer barhaba. He says this is the beracha they used to make in the in the street on the way back from the uh, funeral. They would make a special beracha in the lehava in the street. Tanhume Avirim, or for that matter, they don't have to receive guests, which means there's no deen of consolation also on a tinok that died within 30 days. However, ben shloshim, which means if he lived at least 30 days, and then he passed away, yotzeh b'deluskema, that's a miniature aron. They don't take a big aron, they take a small aron uh, for a little kavod. The biudamed lod luskema hanitil bechatef, which is not such a small one that you can carry it on one shoulder, ela hanitil gafayim, which means it has to be carried at least by two people. It's big enough that two people have to handle it. I guess that's the uh, the kavod to be more sidamet. Ve'omdim ala b'shura, after 30 days they do stand in the row to receive tarhumay avedim. Ve'omdim ala b'rkat avedim, ve'tarhumay avedim. Ben shneem asar hodesh. Once he gets to 12 months old, my man passes away, he goes out in the regular way, in a regular size coffin, just like they would take an older person. If let's say he's one year old, but he's big like a two year old, his blims are like a two year old, or he's two years old, but he's, you know, small, his bones only like a one-year-old, Yotzeh Bimita, which is according to the Biakad, the magic number is two years. 
if he has any connection to two years old, he's buried like a regular person, Bimita. Either he is two years old, physically he's two years old, or he's one year old, but he's big like a two year old, also he's buried Bimita. So that's the Shita of Rabbi Akiva. So you can argue on Tanakama. When Tanakama says to have a Mita for the funeral, it's only one year old. Rabbi Akiva says that's the minimum. Two years old, or looks like a two-year-old. Like we said, somebody that's buried in a regular coffin and sent out to the funeral in a regular coffin. Rabim matzibim alaf. In that case over there, many people are mitzayir. People are agonizing at the levaya, and therefore. Uh, it's not kavod that the sibur should be agonizing over a katan. A baby less than 30, years, 30 days old, or even 30 days old to a year. That's why they don't put him in a regular coffin. So therefore they put him in a smaller thing. When less than 30 days old, they just carry him to the cemetery. It's kavod for the people to agonize over. So they put him in a big aron. Comes the and says, Again, This over here means mitzta'arin. They agonize at the Nebiah. But something like that does not go out in the mitah. And Rabbi Matsibi Malaf. In fact, people will not agonize so much. Rabbi Al Azam Azani Omer Nikar La Rabim, which means over here, if the Yelid, if this uh, child over here, Rabbi Shimon bin El Azar Omer, Hayotse Bimita Rabbi Matsibi Malaf, which means a person that goes out Bimita in a and the mitah, and the aron, and the coffin, that causes people to be matzhiv, meaning to be mitzta'ir, at the time of the levaya. And that's why a katan, it's not proper for the sibur to have such agony over a, a katan. And therefore, uh, they put him in a smaller aron. En yotzeh b'mitah, en rabim matzibim alav. Somebody does not go out in a mitah, so the rabim do not agonize over him. The rabim l'azam l'azariya omer, nikar l'rabim. If it was a katan, that was known to the rabim. For example, he would go out of the house, this kid, they were known from the synagogue, from the Bet Knesset, that Shin Ketaviyad says, he was a popular kid, the people knew him, which means then they give him a regular kiburah, they go to the cemetery, and they involve themselves also in the nihum abelim process. But if he's not so popular to the rabim, and rabim mitaskim immo. Umahen behisped, which means how old does a katan have to be where they start making hisped for the katan? Now, we know the Hakamim say it's a mitzvah to be maspid the mit. What's the source of being maspid for the mit? And therefore, the Rambam learns that it's important for the maspid, for the eulogizer to elevate his voice and cry in order to get the people to uh, hear about some of the good qualities of the niftar. And that will cause them maybe to... Uh, follow some of his ways and also to make teshuvah furthermore the hispid is also for kavod of the niftar himself now uh, a child uh, let's say is, is young so what kind of good deeds does a child have to be maspid and what, what, what good things are you going to say you know, to, about such a young person so the Gebarah wants to say how old so the Gebarah says like this Umahin bespid, 
Rabimir b'shem Rabbi Shmuel Lomed Anim, which means let's say he's the son of an Ani, son of poor people, bene shalosh, ready from three years old and up. Ashirim, if he's the son of a rich person, bene hamesh, already five years and up. The biudah Ahmed b'shem or the biudah son of the name Rabbi Shmuel, Anim bene hamesh, sons of Anim five years old, Ashirim bene shesh. Ashlim, six years old. Benezikinim, that would be the son of uh, older people. Kibne Anim, they have a status of Bene Anim. Now, what's the what's the logic over here? So that she says, Anim Bene Shalosh. I mean, according to everybody, it's either three for the Ani or five for the Ani, but the point is, he's the the youngest of the group that they must be. So that she says, Lefisha Anim Mitzta'ir al Banav Yotim and Ashir, Lefisha Enlos and Ha'ahirit. That's all the Ani has his children. And therefore, he agonizes at the loss of his child more than the rich man. The rich man, at least, he has other things in his life that bring him happiness. And therefore, to console the Ani, even three years old, already they must speed. Whereas the rich man, not until he is a little older. Now, a Zakan is like an Ani. Why? Because since he's old, he cannot have any more children. So when he loses a child, that causes him great Sa'ad, and therefore even at a younger age, let's say like five years old, according to one opinion, they treat him like an Ani, and therefore they uh, eulogize. So that's the, uh, furthermore, as Zakan relies on his child to bring him in and out. Uh, who's taking care of the Zakan father? The, the kids. And therefore when he loses the kid, the child, that affects the Zakan's uh, life. More so than uh, other parents. And therefore, they eulogize him even at a younger, uh, younger age. Some explain Zekenim over here means that old people, but refers to Talmidei Hachamim. That's what she brings down in the Ktav Yad. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Gidab and here's where the Gidab Menashia made his halacha. Amar Rab, halacha can be Yehuda, shalom b'shem Rabbi Shmael. Halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda, the name of Rabbi Shmael. That Anim bin Hamish, Ashinim bin Shesh, and Ben Ezekinim kibne Anim. Regarding the age of his bed for these type of people, comes Gemara says that Rashi Rabbi Anani bar Sason afetchad ben Nasiah. He gave the following derasha at the gate of the house of the Nasi. Which we're talking about over here, somebody that buried his dead right before Shavuot, meaning on Erev Shavuot. So it says, Yom Echad Lifne Atzeret, one day before Shavuot, Va'atzeret, plus Shavuot itself, Harekat Arba'asar. That's already 14 days. I'll explain to you how that works. Because we said that the Regal breaks the Avilut. So that means right when the Regal comes, right before the Regal, the seven is over. <coughs> Shavuot, one day, is considered a Regal, and therefore it has the status of seven itself. So therefore, once Shavuot passes, wow. so in one day, already he's at day 14. Nafkamina. For the Shloshim. Now he only has to wait 16 more days and he's finished the Shloshim. So this is what he said. Shama Rabbi Ami Vikpad. When the Ba'anani said the Salakha, Rabbi Ami heard it, he was angry. Amar Atu Didei. This is the Ba'anani's Hadush. The Rabbi Lazarabari Boshayahi. This is Rabbi Lazarabari in the name of Rabbi Boshayah. This is the Hakimin quoted in the name of the person that said it. That also should be Yitzhak Nafha Akil Adrej Galuta. That Yitzhak Nafha said a Halakha. At the threshold of the Rosh Hashanah, one day before Atzeret, somebody passes away. Va'atzeret plus the day of Shavuot itself. Harekat arba'asar. 
Again, it's 14 days. Shamal of Sheshat Ikpad. Rav Sheshat heard this halakha and he got angry. Why? Same reason. Amar Atu Didehi? What does he mean? Is he plagiarizing? Is he saying the halakha in his own name? Again, this is Rabbi Azad, the name of Rabbi Oshaya said this halakha. Why didn't you quote it in the name of the person that said it? How do we know that if a person does not bring the korban, meaning his hagiga, and every holiday you have to bring on the holiday, the first day, a korban hagiga. Now normally the deen is that if you don't bring it on the first day, you have seven days to make it up. You can bring it the whole regal. Shavuot is really only one day. Right. So the question is, if you don't bring it on the first day, how do you know you can bring the Hagigah on the subsequent days? So the Gemara says, Shene'emar, Pasuk says, when it talks about the three holidays, it says, Behagah Masot, Ubhagah Shavuot. It compares Hagah Masot to Shavuot. It juxtaposes both of them in the Pasuk. Ma Hagah Masot yesh tashlumin ko Just like a Hagah Masot. You have seven days for Tashlumin. And if you don't bring the Quran on the first day, coming on the subsequent days, Af Hagah Shavuot yesh tashlumin ko So too for Shavuot, you have Tashlumin for seven days. And therefore, that's the source of the Dasha. How you can consider one day of Shavuot, like seven days. Because since it's like a seven day holiday, and therefore, which is when it comes to a regular holiday, you have the actual seven days to count. Right, okay. But Shavuot in its one day is considered like seven, because you see that's a Tashlumin Shavuot, and therefore, if the person dies before Shavuot, that's seven right there, it's finished. The day itself is not the seven, therefore, brings you to 14. Kabbalah says, At uh, Papa was uh, honoring, actually, ex- escorting, let's say, Rabavya Sabah, the elderly one, Vidarash, and he was giving a Dirash. Let's say a person dies before Rosh Hashanah, Ve Rosh Hashanah, Again, according to the opinions that we said, the Bank of the that Rosh Hashanah is considered like a regal, so Rosh Hashanah is considered like seven days. And therefore, if a guy dies before, so therefore it breaks the Avedut, so that's seven right there, and Rosh Hashanah itself is seven, so that's already fourteen. So therefore, the Gemara says, well, the Gemara, really, there's a strong question over here. Because, all the Rishonim ask, once Kippur comes, Kippur is going to break it anyway. Which means, even if you want to tell me that it's not considered uh, uh, seven. Roshanah breaks the Avedut of seven. Once Kippur comes, which is ten days later, it's going to break the Shloshim. So therefore, by Kippur anyway, he's out of it. So what's enough coming up? You're telling me it's day 14 uh, by Rosh Hashanah, after Rosh Hashanah, or, or not. Yeah. So the explain the point is to say that Rosh Hashanah is considered seven days. That it breaks, that it breaks Avelut. That's the point. Because we had Shittot that says Rosh Hashanah doesn't break. So how did the Gemara choose to tell me that Rosh Hashanah breaks Avedut, it said it in the way that we just said it, like Shavuot. Since like Shavuot, we just said it's seven before and seven on the day itself. So, so for Rosh Hashanah, it's also considered seven. You don't need the seven. You don't need the seven because the seven anyway is going to be broken by uh, Kippur. That's one way of explaining it. Uh, another way of explaining it is like this. The Tosfot says that Kippur can only break Shloshim if he kept seven days in actuality. Mm-hmm. But since in this case he didn't keep seven days in actuality, Kippur would not break the Shloshim. Then you got to go follow the rest of the Shloshim. And therefore, it has to tell me that it's 14, so you don't have to count 16 days later. That's one of the answers of Tosafot. I'm not saying it's halakha, that's one of the answers of the Tosafot. Amar Avina, so Avina says, Hilkach, therefore, Yom Echad Hag. Let's say somebody passes away one day before Sukkot. Right? Vehag. 
Right? Then you have the seven days of the holiday itself, so that's fourteen. Ushmini shelo plus shmini atzeret harekan esrim behat. So you already have twenty-one, which is by the end of the Sukkot, you're at twenty-one days. Now again, the Befan she pointed out over here, because shmini atzeret is considered regel befneh atzmo. Now the Rishonim come along and say, how can we not say that once you get to shmini atzeret, it breaks the shloshim? If it's a separate Yom Tov, right. you told me uh, the beginning of Sukkot breaks the seven, so let's Shemini Atzeret just break the Shloshim. So the Mephah should explain over here that Shemini Atzeret does not have the ability to break the Shloshim Legamre because Keban Shum Isurim Which means because he didn't show any manifestation of the Shloshim. That, that he wasn't taking a haircut, which can't take a haircut on Halloween anyway. Right. That which wasn't laundering his garments, he can't launder his garments anyway. So therefore, when you don't show, the person doesn't show any sign of Shoshim at all, he can't break it. But it'll have a deal of seven. So therefore, after Sukkot, already he's holding by 21. Yabarat concludes, Rabbi Na found himself in Surah that was on the Euphrates River. Amar the Rav Habibah in Surah the front of Rabbi Na. So Rav Habibah told Rabbi Na, Amar Mor. Rabbi Na said, Yom Yehad of Rosh Hashanah, Verosh Hashanah, Rekan Arba Asar. He asked him, Did you say this? Meaning, Rabbi Na, we have a, a statement in your name that Rosh Hashanah is considered seven itself, and therefore the guy dies before Rosh Hashanah, plus Rosh Hashanah is considered. 14 days. So he said, Amar Mor, Yom Echad for Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, Harekar Arba'asar, Amar Leh, Ana Mistabrak, Rabban Gamliel, Huda Amina. He says, yes, that which I'm saying is, I'm going like Rabban Gamliel. And since Rabban Gamliel says that, Rosh Hashanah is considered like a Regal, and just like a Regal is seven, so the Echanami, yes, I'm going like Rabban Gamliel, Echanami, it has the ability to break the Amilut, uh, and count as seven days. Look at one of them,